Welcome to another North South podcast. Um during lockdown still uh sport really suffers during lockdown Darren. Um yeah. To the point where we just say all right no crowd let's create bubbles of people who are coronavirus free and play sport that way. Yeah, it's it's quite weird but quite a good initiative especially if you look at the like how things have been happening along the, with the USC and that uh, creating uh, that, that oh, yeah, fight island, fight, fight island, island yeah. kind of and then the NBA bubble as well in Orlando, hundred and six million dollars to create that bubble. That's that's <clears throat> but yeah, it's I'm this lockdown has just shown me how much sport means to me in my life and how important it is. Uh, because things it was, are just empty. It was it was a long period without sport, uh, and now that it's back, it's I don't care that there's no crowd anywhere or. I can't go to a game kind of thing. Um, as long as I can watch it, it's I'm, I'm happy. Oh, but I think that's a way of the future. Um, as the population grows, only so many people can go watch it. So most people are going to have to experience from home. And um, it's an experiment because it's, if, if you look back at sports of the past couple of years, especially the likes of, say, uh, cricket, especially from South Africa, even rugby to some extent, crowds have been dwindling. Uh, so... Uh, if you can play a sport that, yeah, and have a virtual crowd, uh, maybe that is the way of the future. Yeah, uh, but like recently, politics mixed with sport, which isn't usually a good thing. Um, the reason I say I I, I, <clears throat> I tweeted out that it should be kept separate, based on principle, because um, if politics and sport were kept separate during apartheid years you'd be selected based on merit not on color um just based on that principle it's just not good to mix the two when you get two massive sort of ideologies like a political ideology or a racial ideology or whatever that's why the usa separates state and and religion and things like that it's better just not to mix the two man so that's what makes sports so precious and so unique is that none of that stuff actually matters in it what you can do on the field at that time um, and also another reason why I tweeted it should be kept separate was because of what happened recently we spoke about in the 2011 was it 2015 World Cup um, so you can avoid things like that happening with Vernon Philander coming out and saying I was injured but they still chose me that so it leads to that sort of nonsense happening um, and lastly on that point I followed the stuff quite closely and um through the years, growing up, going to university, whatnot, um, the Black Lives Matter movement, super uh, proper movement, proper ideology behind it, police brutality, videos of police shooting unarmed individuals, choking them, just all kinds of brutality. Um, maybe, Darren, you can educate me on how things have been going on the left and with the left media and with mainstream media. I doubt you can, but how did this, how did this come to the proteas now? Oh, I think who's been what police brutality is going on I just I, I it, 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 it it flies over my head pretty much when it comes to um, I can understand which we will get on to racism within cricket and racism within the proteas which you and I will discuss at length now but when it comes to the BLM movement is it really something that should be in cricket 
like in terms of the scorecards of the Sky Sports matches and things like that. Like, is this another political media slash something trying to use a proper movement with a proper ideology and in turn staining it and making it like laughable, which is why you get people like Pat and Buta and guys like that coming out. It even gives them a gap to say something about it. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one that will with everything that's happened, I guess, around the Black Lives Movement. Um, but I agree with you that this political movement should be kept <coughs> out of it because, or, or not just cricket, but sports in general, because yeah, it's it's quite difficult because. I guess if you look at the likes of, say, like LeBron James and that, um, who has got such a big following and such a people hold him in such high regard that when he speaks in that, a lot of people listen. Rightfully so, yeah. From from that perspective, he has influence, uh, and if he determines to say something about it, um, it carries more clout than an everyday person. That's just fact. Um, so it's, it, it is important for some of these influential people to speak about it. Um, and I think they have a right to share that as well. So yeah. from, an individual, from an individual perspective, I agree that people can say what they want to say, whether it's LeBron mm. or whatever. But when it comes to now exactly. a team, say the Lakers, um, the Lakers don't need to say anything about it. The Lakers is a sports team. Um, they are an entity that's, yeah, they are not an individual. Um, that is a group of many, many people. Um, so I, that's where I think the separation needs to come in, uh, where a sports team, uh, an individual in a sports team can speak about it, share their opinions, their views. Um, but at team, a, a, a franchise um, shouldn't have to uh, or shouldn't feel the need to express um, themselves in a particular perspective mm. because it does feel like that. It does feel that that some sports teams uh, and franchises and, and people in that are using this movement for their own good and their own narrative to make them virtue signal basically exactly um so i think that yeah yeah it's very nuanced and um one last thing on this point is um i remember in i remember in i remember in i remember in fifa it was say no to racism hundred percent on board. We know the the, the 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 sort of stuff the Italian players of African descent faced, even in Spain, especially in the UK. Um, the not racism movement was a proper racism, um, proper racism movement. Um, straight off the bat, I can't recall too many other proper proper drives in sports, but those those were proper movements within the sport itself to say no to racism. Um, maybe you live in the UK, maybe you can shed some light on what kind of organi- organization Sky Sports is or something like that. Um, but before you do that, I think I've come to the conclusion where simply enough, Black Lives Matter has become the slogan for anti-racism, if you understand what I'm saying. 
because I was under the it's I was under the um I, I thought that it meant pr- police brutality in the United States. So that's what I thought it meant. But now I think it's like more like a call to action for all sorts of racist stuff that's going on. That's where my misunderstanding came in. Um, but I'll always be off the stance that it should be kept separate. Uh, and I think I mostly refer to selection policies. I think that's where our stance as sports podcasters come from, which is why we say it should be kept separate. Because I don't give a, a flying F what some politician says about a population I want the best in my team. I don't care about anything beside that. I want the best coaching staff, the best team. Um, so sports pod- podcasts, that's as deep as it goes. Um, BLM, now I realize it's basically, it's formed into a movement for everything. And we'll get into that. Um, some of the guys coming forward, shock statements, shock people coming forward. Um, and that's something that's pretty shocking within cricket. So yeah, we'll get into that. I don't know if you have any last well, things to say about that. Uh, you could explain why the BLM logo is now on scorecards for West Indies versus England. Um, is it because West Indies are very strong with that statement or something like that? But I, that, I found that quite a shock. It's like, um, how can I say, like, basically, if the, if the right had a slogan, could you imagine watching a game where it said, make America great at the bottom? That would annoy a portion of the population and really empower a different part of the population. So I found it very interesting to find a leftist ideology on such a different, weird sort of platform. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, it's it's different <clears throat> one because you can't. I wouldn't say the BLM movement is leftist in that it it is it is socialist, and I guess that does fall on the left. Um, but I, I think majority of people agree with. Um, with the underlying uh, ideology that we are all, we should all be treated fairly and the same. Of course, yeah. That, that, that's, I mean, who? That's extreme, right? People who don't believe that. Yeah, but I, I think, like, when you talk about the scar thing and that in Western East England, um, there's been a very, very uh, what's What's, I don't know the right word, um, a difficult past between the West Indies and... Oh, yeah, of course. No, of it, course. I understand what you're saying about that. So I think that's what made it so point, poignant. Uh, Do you think for, it's like a gesture from, from from the English media and the UK media and stuff to say, to welcome them, basically, and show like a bit more overwhelming support instead of how I'm perceiving it as like an infiltration of global media yes i think um, it's more more from that perspective uh, ah okay that makes sense gesture of goodwill rather than anything else um and yeah it was fantastic to see the west indies win that that, that first. yeah that was that was good um very well deserved <clears throat> um but i think that's yeah more where it came from just as a, as a good gesture um and goodwill um but one of the things I want to get on to is that obviously we've seen now I think of this week or the previous week with what happened with with Antini you can speak on more on that next I think I think if 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 anything you and I have said in the previous few minutes could suggest that we like apologists or you know maybe heading to the wrong side or the dark side or we harbor some sort of ill intentions 
I think the anger we feel for how Mtini was treated, I think, is mutual between us. I think it's almost personal. Yeah, um, but it's, 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 I want to add on to that after reading the article and that and, and looking at a, at a few things. And I'm genuinely hurt by that article, man. But, but the thing is, as well, there needs to be a bit more uh, body to it because um, you need whoever needs to come forward and, and, and admit to some wrongdoing because at, at the moment it just seems like a very blanket statement. Um, there was no, there's no body to it. It's very. Vague. I think that's worse. Um, what? I think that's worse. I think I think the reason why he hasn't named anyone is because it was everyone. But the, the thing is, you don't see that. Like how? how Darren, I, I remember. It, I remember a. I remember two Caribbean tours where the dude was running almost eight and a half kilometers to the stadium, even on the fifth day. Explain to me why he's doing that. Uh, before I, you, before we found out, I I haven't heard or seen that. I, I do know he used to, when we went to watch games at, in Kingsmead and that he would because they would be at the Hilton. Um, well, that's close. That's close. I understand. And that. I know that he would yeah walk or run from the Hilton. There, Indian humidity, Colombo, uh, 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 Sri Lanka. Think about it, Antigua. Those sort of places where it's not ideal to run, uh, 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 Dakar, Bangladesh, where it's not safe to run, um, that really sort of cements what he's saying. And I think, I think the way I sort of rationalize it is, we've seen the chiefs within the team when they win. We've seen them hugging, champagne, beers, and stuff. And he'd always be included in those pictures. But if you think about it, why would he lie? I. I don't know. That's the thing. Is like I don't think he would lie. I, I don't know if it's we need to hear another side of the of the story because you look at him like he he commentates commentates with all his old ex teammates and that and they seem to always be jovial and good. Uh, you see him next to Graham Smith, who was his captain for poof, uh, most of his uh, career basically, um, and. Yeah, Graham Smith hasn't said anything. So, what is but, that saying? Like, yeah, major counter argument here. Circuit two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. The Click article that came out. Do you recall oh. that? Um, tours leading up to two thousand and seven, post two thousand and seven, a lot of junior players coming out and saying the Proteas are like Click, Clicky, beyond repair. <clears throat> There's a group of about four or five guys that hang out together and don't speak to anyone. Um, it's not really a senior-junior divide. It seems to be on other sorts of of characteristics. Um, and it was con- confirmed by a bunch of players. Now, is it such a big leap of logic to think a click environment can have a racial aspect? No, not at all. It's, it's it's very possible. Um, <clears throat> so if you, it, 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 this is the way I rationalize it, and this is what hurts. If you in a team like the Proteas during that time, and you don't play well, I think you deserve to get treated like how the, how Antini was. I know it's a bad thing to say, but you, you you copying pairs and you're doing all funny things. Um, you know, pick it up, boy. Yeah, uh, you're not you're not one of us until you're one of us. Uh, is there anything Makai could have done 
to be more of a protea through and through. His blood's green, man. Um, he should have been. He should have been the people flock to. Um, is 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 there a component where he's it's like a me too sort of situation? So he'll sort of add his flavor to how he might have felt. Yes, maybe. But this one, the information sounds really bad in terms of the proteas, and I've lost a lot of respect for the senior players during those decades. And the running story, Darren, that's smoke. <laughs> if that's smoke, there's some fire there because I remember tour after tour thinking, what on earth is this guy doing? What on earth is he doing? These treadmills every weekend, he can run around the, the oval. Why is he running on the street and in the pavement and stuff? So yeah, that really pulled on my heartstrings to see that man. And then I think maybe you want to move on to the, to the Mikey holding story, which was well, before I get there is what what has also come up is that if you look if you take the the, the BLM movement and yeah, and you look at it now from a Proteus perspective um, and people saying that they want more inclusion of minorities. No, we've had quotas for ages, man. Exactly. Solid quotas. And I, I think we're at a period now where we've probably had as many people of colour in our team than ever before. Um, yeah. So it also makes me like, yeah, why are all these players like, yeah, shouting about it kind of thing? Um See, again, it's the left. It's it's again, it's the thing that we constantly come back to, Darren. The left have feelings. <laughs> Unfortunately. The right. The, right likes, the right likes numbers. So if we're picking the majority of the team black, and oh, honestly speaking, more almost like oh, all of them deserve to be there, man. There isn't one player that everyone's like, oh, he's in the team because of his color, man. Those guys can ball all of them can play some of them are the best in the world man um some of them have remarkable futures in front of them like temba uh, rabada is a shoe in for hall of famer one day if he keeps healthy um there's just a host of players man so like um now that the numbers are there and the right's happy it's all about you know how you made me feel in the breakfast i don't i don't want to downplay it but you understand what i'm saying darren yeah, yeah, it's, it's taking it to in the next level. Um, the next level now, which isn't a bad thing in terms of healing and reconciliation, but when you're a bit hard-nosed like you and I and then most of the right, and a sport's a bit of a hard-nosed thing, it's sort of like get on with the game. That's how the world runs. Um, yeah. There's feelings that need to be dealt with, there's past things, but at the end of the day, you've got to get on that field and you got to perform. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's, it also brings into question then, like, okay, the, the quote, are we at a, at a period now where we can wipe, say, quotas aren't needed because there's enough players of, of colour that are performing well enough that they're in the team? Um, do we need to keep quotas around? How long do they stay around for? Um, if the team is, say, 80% uh, colour... Um, Maybe it switches. Maybe it's super meta now. There's a quarter for white players, <laughs> a quarter for Indians or something. Who knows? Um, it's all a balls up, in my opinion. Once you start mixing the two, it's always a balls up. Keep it separate. Um, put the best on the field and let the purists enjoy it. Because from you and I's point of view, it'd be one of the few people out there picketing if they decide to get rid of Test cricket. There wouldn't be a lot, but I know you and I would be out there. I think there would be a lot. 
You think so? Well, you're in England, Darren. I mean, you guys, you guys love a yeah, a, a pint and a and, and and a good day of Test cricket. It was not fucking raining or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think. Oh, Darren, that stadium in Southampton. Um, does it look like that? Or are they building it? No, it looks like that. It's called the Rose Bowl, um, and it's it's. The, the, um, it seems it seems like you guys could put grandstands on each side, though. They do have uh, temporary grandstands that they put up uh, for big international games. Um, ah, okay. So they take them down, and it, it, it's beautiful when you walk in actually because it's it's at at our level you can't see anything. It just looks like this open. There's nothing there, but as you mm-hmm. walk up to to the seating area and you look down, and it is a bowl. Um, with all the seating around. All right. It's, yeah, very um, nice. What else did I notice about that? Uh, obviously, I love no crowds. There's very few sports where I'm missing crowds. I mean, UFC, you get the contact with the fist on the face, the contact with the, knee, with the knee on the on the chest or the leg on the body. Cricket, you got the... It's seeming a little bit... I don't know if it's a bat they're using or whatever, but the sound's not as sweet as it used to be. Um, but I'm loving the banter. I'm loving the the chirping. I'm loving the celebrations. Um, I'm loving it all from the stump camp, man. I'm not sure how you feel about that. Yeah, it is nice. Uh, I would have loved to have been in that, watched, going to watch that Southampton game, um, especially yeah, if, if it was... Why don't you go lurk around there, Darren? It, it, it's quite a... If, yeah, built up area. You, yeah, you, there's no ah. where you can view unless you're in the stadium. Um, unless you go close, we'll listen for sounds, <laughs> <laughs> try and hear what's happening. Possible. Um, but the only real option would be to go to the the Hilton Hotel, which is actually built onto the stadium. Um, uh, and if you're fortunate enough to afford a, a room at the Hilton, high up, yeah, yeah, uh, you're able actually to sit in your your yeah, hotel room and you're able to watch cricket live uh, off your balcony. I think there's a few, I think there's one or two stadiums in England that have prominent, prominent crowd groups on the rooftops. I don't know if it's Manchester or not, but they come with their flags and everything on the rooftops. And there's another one in Australia as well where the rooftops are just packed to the brim. And it's a lovely environment. Um, and then during that Southampton test, like... Um, Mikey Holding, watching him for donkey's years. Well, how we were young to watch him play. But speaking, his voice is English cricket for us. Yeah, and also, well, South African. He spent a lot when Super Sport in the, I think, about the 2000s, early... Are you serious? So he wouldn't just come here with England. He'd come here, he worked for he Super a, Sport. He worked, yeah. Okay, for, okay. Um, and, yeah, so I... Remember, he's yeah, he's, he's hard nosed, man. He's a he's a he's a proper quickie, man. He's hard nosed. He doesn't really give an f. Um, he's old school. He's toughened up. So to see him break down, I was like, what on earth is going here? Did someone pass away or something? Like, um, do you recall like what? See, six. He's like over sixty-five. Why now? Why is he? It's 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 remarkable in my opinion. I think it's just um, how how he's decided to start speaking about all the things that he went through, and um, I can tell you as a person of color to to say that. What did he say in the interview? He was on the news. He said, "My mother's family stopped speaking to her because my father wasn't light enough." Oh. All African descent, and you even have that 
racism within races. That's incredible stuff, man. That's nuanced and that's in depth and that's horrifying. Yeah, I think that it's obviously, yeah, like I said, the, the timing and that is obviously with the movement and that um, with BLM. Obviously, he decided that it was a good time to to bring this up, and um, he also spoke alongside another. Uh, Ebony Rainsford, um, who also was a, a woman of color that played for England. Um, oh yes, I saw that as well. And her story was even more heart wrenching, Darren. Cheapers, creepers. I, I think uh, the, the combination man. of being a, a woman in cricket, uh, along with being of color, um, would make it extremely difficult. Uh, it, just to think back, like when we were in, in primary school, even high school and that, there was no such thing as, as girls cricket. Like, yeah. Um, uh, so it, it would be so difficult for a, a girl to to break into cricket because it, there was no uh, grassroots uh, for it. Um, but then to, uh, yeah, to add on to, on to the difficulty for a woman to play cricket, the game, and then adding the racial aspect to it is just, yeah, it's mm. just, this, this making it so difficult to play a, a game that you love um, and it's not meant to be that way um, so from her side you, you, you could you could get that um, and then obviously from Mark's Marky's side um, obviously back when he was in his prime playing for the West Indies and that it was what was that the 80s um, yeah that was in the pits of it though it was rampant throughout the world height of apartheid yeah, and, and I, th I think that was racial things were still they, they might have been going downwards kind of thing globally. Um, countries were were standing against it, but there was still quite a big fringe group uh, ar around that. Um, and obviously, you look in South Africa with, with the rebel tours and that, um, and the stigmas attached to that. And um, and I know. Marty mentioned the the rebel tours and how yeah I, I disagreed with some of his rhetoric around that where he said he, he couldn't talk to the the guys that went on rebel tours and that he he didn't agree with them uh, wholeheartedly um, but it, then if from my perspective if I take a step back that those rebel tours were done because the South African government wouldn't let and the yeah wouldn't let players of color come basically and um the other unions international unions didn't want to send their, their players there. um so the south african guys um decided to make their own team basically mm. come play with us we just want to play cricket that's all we want to do exactly which is why my opinion always stays keep politics and sports separate exactly um but I think, yeah, and like you said, with, with Mark, he's speaking about his story and with his mom and, and family back in the West Indies and that. Um, and and me mentioning earlier that the West Indies and, and England have had a very difficult past because of the colonization mm. of those, uh, the West Indies and that. Um, and, and just how, if, if the documentary we did, uh, Fire in Babylon, um, if you look, watch that and that went in depth about who eventually took the blood money and came here um and how their lives got ruined after that yeah and also just 
showed you how rampant uh, the hatred between English and West Indies was back then, uh, more from the English side rather than the West Indian side. Uh, I think the West Indian sides have always been happy, go lucky, uh, relaxed guys. Uh, but when I forgot who it was, uh, Tony Gregg, yeah, mentioned something. The, the late South African Englishman Tony Gregg, making them grovel. Um, that really uh, stuck with the West Indian team uh, of that era, and I think it has stuck with them since because Mikey brought it up, and it's always something that's brought up when you you talk about and Darren. Where does Basil de Oliveira, uh, uh, the trophy that they named after him, um, where does he fit into the situation? He was born in South Africa and managed to go to the UK. And then when the UK team wanted to come here, South African government didn't want to let Basil travel over because he was Cape Colored. Is that where that story stems from? I'm not where does Mikey where does Mikey holding fit into that? Because I remember that 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 playing a major part. I think that was also part of the reason why people be, began to boycott. Um, so it's just it's messy, Dan. And 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 overall, do you know really what hurts me the most? Um, I was looking at test records the other day, test match records. There South there are South Africans appearing as late as early as. 1880, 1890, we have that prowess. Um, whenever they gave us a chance to play international cricket, we were there. Barry Richards played four tests, Darren. I know. He's in, he's in, he's in the ICC Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's cripplingly sad. A lot of the South African players along that era when we were kicked out in that um, ha- suffered the most. I, I feel so so sorry for them uh, because these guys were because of Graham Pollock. Darren Graham's Pollock. Graham Pollock's average. Darren Steve Smith esque. Yeah. Back then, uncovered wickets. Yeah. Are you serious? No one could have touched us. I promise you, Darren. There would have been two Bradmans in that country, but in this country by that time. There would be two people who would have been better than Bradman, and there would have been one who were better, who was better than Lily. I promise you that if they gave us a chance. If you just look um, at the, the team lists from the late eighties, early nineties, the South African team stacked, stacked, stacked with guys that are. Darren, how do you play four test matches and people call you the greatest test batsman of all time in their opinion? How? Get me that footage. I promise you if there's a time machine and there's somehow footage, <laughs> look for you and I sitting somewhere in the back there. Because <laughs> that's exactly where the fuck I'd go, man. That and and that and Brian's 400. Those are the two places I'd go. I promise you that right now. It, yeah, um, it, obviously that just speaks to how good he was. Uh, no, but it's, 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 it's a tragedy, Darren, and it can never be allowed to happen again. But I think the murkiness between sports and politics is, is tangled and... I don't see it going anywhere good and we just got to hold on and just as long as they don't touch test cricket if I'm selfish enough to say that <laughs> I know. The as long one, as they don't touch test cricket the one thing that's interested or yeah, I, I read um, today was that England cricket in, in response to the BL, BLM movement and that and getting more uh, minority representation when it comes to coaching and management and that 
that they are going to introduce a, a rule called the Rooney rule or something, uh, where uh, I think it's got its traces back to America and that, but make, ensuring that at least one person of color is interviewed for every position. Um, and when I read that, I just thought of South Africa and quotas, where it's heading towards. Um, well, Darren, I know there's enough South Africans on that side to raise the flag in terms of providing empirical data as to how that does not work when you don't hire on merit. And if you find that you're not finding people of color who are on merit, shift your resources to get people of color up to the level where they can do the job. Because don't in South Africa, they, they convolute how much the salary is to what the production is. A country is run by GDP, gross domestic product. You have to bring something to the party. It doesn't matter how much you get paid. And I promise you, the United Kingdom has not been built on anything beside that. Um, you spend a hard day's work, you show me something at the end of it, and I'll give you some money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but lucky, it, it goes back to the thing of just separating politics and uh, the the. And, and sport, um, but as well, just putting your focus in the right areas and not having to come up with things like this. Rather, start off with grassroots. That's that's where it all, it all begins. Exactly. Um, put more money into grassroots. Uh, that's that's where it is. And putting more money into developing uh, whether it be sport players, as well. Exactly players, transferable players. to sport. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rather than putting in something like we'll interview a person of color every time we we. Mm. Uh, that's not that's not helping anyone. That's that's just saying that you're going to interview it's another person. Showboat, exactly. 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 Yeah. It's, it's 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 showboating. It's 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 not actual tangible, uh, yeah, plans to make a change in the long term. That's a short yeah. fix. Um, it's a but total yeah, goal. Darren, in closing. When the heat and uh, or should, not really heat, should I say the buzz around whiskey water and ends down we need to get on the podcast because of what happened last week so we can really have a good laugh about him uh, about it with about it with him um because that was one of the biggest bloopers slash fails slash fucking hilarious things i've ever seen my god if if the left had ever had egg on their face darren that was absolutely brilliant i kept honestly i kept going back to see if she deleted it yet um she doubled down, Darren. She doubled down on it. That is amazing. If any of you guys don't know the story, man, follow Walter and ZA on Twitter and you'll see it. Um, um, yeah, news articles and everything. Darren, it's so indicative cartoon. of how the left thinks. You see thinks. the cartoon about it. <laughs> uh, it's so indicative of how the left thinks, Darren. It, it's so, it's amazing. I promise you, if I ever set foot in a psychology lecture or had anything to do with psychology that would be my project for the next few days is to break down how incredible that interaction is um yeah just incredible stuff so yeah Walter, and just waiting for you to become free so we can speak to you about it uh definitely the highlight of the year on twitter darren well anyway before we get on to more political stuff i think that's a, a good place to end the show yeah, no, Dad. Uh, anyone who knows us know we did almost a year of incredibly deep political stuff. Um, often when I see the guys that we spoke to on on the podcast and I see them in parliaments, I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> these guys are the real deal. Um, but yeah, anyway, guys, cheers. Stay safe.